Are we ready to do this? I'm ready. Let's do it. This is this is this is the end of an era, y'all. <laughs> end when of an did, area. When did, we, when did we start this? Let a me pull year, that up real quick. A year ago. This is like June, June of 2021. Let's see. I kind of had a moment. I think that was the first. Ep- was ep- was in June of 2021. I had a moment, so I had to put on fucking. Um, yep. Uh, June seventh, 2021. So Damn. eighteen months. Hell yeah. That's uh, all right. I like I was saying I had a I had a moment I had to put on dress to kill on my way over here. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of like, oh. <laughs> well, we can talk about that when we get going. Are you ready to start this one? Let's start this one. You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. A kiss as defined by Dan Webster is something pleasing, a caress, a gentle touch. But there's another kiss that isn't in Webster's. Hey, world! We're kids! Some critics say they don't make music, they just make noise. Yeah, kiss sucks! Kiss implies the extreme in the theatrics on stage, utilizing fire and smoke and bizarre costumes and the ever-consistent, constant concealment of their true identities. Speaking of which, Kiss is going to have its own comic book soon. Take Kiss with you. It's fun. Show your friends and be the first. Now. And welcome once again to No Time to Turn, a Kiss Nerd podcast. Nerds. Forever and ever. Joining me as always is Cap and Alex from the Something Good Network. Yo, yo, yo. And there's lots of, lot. if you enjoy this podcast, you'll probably enjoy the other ones. There's uh cryptids i'll do uh monster movies uh i'll do monster movie episodes we'll talk our movies we've been watching and stuff like that too yeah. so so what you got you've got this yeah we got the, good for you show you've got the couch potato show you've got the, the cryptic conspiracy cult yeah, and then soon there's going to be a serious take for a, a history type show yep happening also well we'll we'll tease that later um this is the final episode of no time to turn we have uh, reached the "quote unquote" end of the road. Uh, we have chronicled the history of this band in our own little way, and I really appreciate people that have been, been joining us for the ride. It's been surprising been how far-reaching this thing has has grown. I know I've been getting a lot of feedback on this one, but we're not quite to the end yet. We got we got one last show here. There's still a lot of ground to cover. But um, but no, but I also want to say, you know, huge thanks to everyone that has been tuning in, because I think both Russ and I at different points kind of looked at like the numbers and like kind of looked at the shares of people and even the direct comments and messages we got and went, we never expected it to reach this kind of audience. Like we were kind of just doing it for us because it would be nice. But seeing the fact that even more than one person outside of this table enjoyed it just like really made me happy so seriously thank you guys for tuning in and enjoying this internationally at that i know it's Mm -hmm. amazing that's pretty cool um but let's see here let's where are we gonna pick up we just talked about the rock and roll hall of fame and um that was in 2014 they toured that same year but um it just seems like coming out of the farewell tour, they've had to struggle with regaining their kind of mainstream acceptance. Yeah, they've they've pulled kind of a bait and switch tactic. They said, "Hey, we're a we're we're farewell tour," and then of course they come back, and not only do they come back, they come back with 
basically a new lineup just dressed up like ace and peter yeah this was a difficult pill to swallow for a lot of people and i think it really hurt their standing and they we've talked about how they ended up playing stuff like state fairs and the rodeo festival and just weird stuff and 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 it seems like and may and obviously i'm sure they're getting paid pretty well for that but really it's not the same as headlining you know um prestige venues in 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 marquee markets you know it's not really the same thing when you're doing the houston livestock festival i know that's a big thing and i know they do big bands there and i know it's a but it's still this doesn't seem to have the same ring when you're doing five nights it's like a at madison square garden and it's a band that you put on a pedestal because of all that and then you, you see them doing things like this you know like the reunion show for example was was as big as like 1977 is a reimagining of 1977 and it worked and they became pop culture staples and that put a big shiny value on them in the kiss community like i can only speak for like you know folks my age and stuff like that were like oh man this band is rule this band still rules they still kick ass blah 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 and then you see them do all this and that kind of devalues them in a way too as you get older at least that's how it was for me now do you have any notes in there for the tail end of 2014 yeah yeah um but i'm just making note that um you know that they for this kind of 15 year stretch between or 14 year stretch or whatever it is you know we've seen them have some they're not even doing they're touring but they're not really tours we see them doing stretches of shows where they'll do a a run take time off and pick up and do another run and they're still umbrelloing it under the same tour title whatever and then we saw them do the monster tour we saw was that that wasn't with that was the one with molly crew right See, it, it, well, the Motley um, Crue one was right before the Monster okay, Tour. Okay, yeah, that was the tour. All they had was Hella Hallelujah. That was their most successful run since the Farewell Tour. That had the tour. cool spider stage for, like, the first half of the tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is the coolest stage I think they've probably ever had. Yeah, only because technology's on their side. If it, if, it, if they it had obviously that kind didn't, of technology in the seventies, it was it was buggy. It didn't oh, buggy. <laughs> the spider stage was buggy. Now, when was the? I didn't even. Uh, I didn't even mean Ross, to do that until Ross, I said it, yeah. uh, it's not a bug. It's an arachnid. Oh my god! <laughs> Kiss nerd podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So in 2014, uh, we we saw them get inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, in June, they embarked on a co-headlining tour with Def Leppard. So this formula that they they did with Motley Crue, they decided to do again because it worked so well with Motley Crue. They're doing it with Def Leppard, and um, this seems like a pretty good deal for the average fair weather music fan. Yeah, but it also suggests to me anyway that neither actor really in a position to stage a headlining arena tour on their own yeah which may or may not be accurate but these summer package deals they're becoming more commonplace for these big big outdoor amphitheaters just did one actually well they that's different they did the stadium tour we'll talk about that in a minute because um this is a this is a moderately successful tour i don't know I guess this is on par with the Motley Crue tour. I've only seen, uh, and I've got limited information available, but it seemed to me that there was at least three sold-out dates 
including Detroit, because Detroit loves them some Kiss. But um, this is still, you know, who's the draw on this? Is it is it Kiss as the headliner, or is it it's a package deal? And I think it's really just that it's the package deal, you know. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Did, weren't you trying to see them on this tour? Uh, definitely. No, nah, no, nah, because it was Motley Crue and Poison. But I think what he's saying is that, like, you know. Uh, no, Kiss- he's talking about this tour in 2000. 2000- oh, no. I saw them. I saw it on uh, YouTube, actually. Oh, okay. I thought so you were trying to get, get tickets for this no, at one point. No, 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 gotcha. no, 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 no. Okay. So, no, this well, that's, was- that's a notable date on this tour on July 19th here in <clears throat> our hometown of Charlotte. Uh that show was live streamed on Yahoo and I'm unaware someone correct me here. Was it just kiss or was it both bands? I'm pretty sure it was both bands. I remember like the Charlotte, the Charlotte show being associated with that. Maybe it was through a VH1 classic thing or something. See, I like thought that. it was only kiss. I remember it happening. I didn't watch it. I just, yeah. you know, this is, this is where, well, you know, I, I my, saw some of it, my breakdown in fandom and, and, and my claim to nerd them probably fails is well, because at this point I was just kind of checked out. I didn't want to see that. This, yeah. Actually, this is, that was the exact moment that kind of turned me out too. you know, and because, Oddly enough, in this era, after seeing that, the tour, and just kind of having such a sour taste yeah. in my mouth, I kind of did go on a Kiss sabbatical, but I did kind of like move on again, because mm-hmm. I've kissed I, I I've definitely gone through an ebb and flow with mm-hmm. my fandoms at different times of being more of a hardcore fan, like kind of closer to who I am now, and other times where I've more distanced myself. And after that show, I kind of distanced myself a little bit. And then, oddly enough, by the time this happened, where I was in my life, I wasn't paying attention to Kiss. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a lot more important things going on in my life to pay attention to what Kiss was doing. Well, they yeah. weren't promoting anything. There was nothing to promote, which, you know, they're touring. It's kind of a formula that has been working for them. Uh, it puts them in the echelon of that ever-present ever pre- touring yeah, band the, that's the, never going to go the away. Summer, the summer tour circuit that these bands are finding themselves in, 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 you know. And it's classic, it's that classic rock, you know, um, journey, foreigner circuit. Yeah, yep. They're and, not putting up, they're not being, you know, within the 90s they were playing with more contemporary bands for better we, or worse. We, we knock, at least. We not kiss for having the replacement guys dressed up as Ace and Peter. We're not knocking them for having replacement guys. We knock them because it just shows a complete lack of, uh, just a complete lack of any kind of creativity or anything to have. The, but I understand it. it, it yeah. It's because they're establishing the brand. But to their credit, they're not foreigner who are touring literally with, with no, no members. members. Mick Jones is the only original member, and he only makes certain gigs. Now, with that com- debate, though, with Foreigner, there's no pinup members or well, anything like that. Well, that's one of that's a point. That's the point. Again, going back, what makes Kiss <laughs> special? What makes them different? What makes them separate? What elevates them above the pack was because they were four identifiable, each individual, and you know, individual identifiable member. They are not Foreigner. They are not even Def Leppard, and I'm not shitting on those bands i may be shitting on foreigner a little bit because that's, <laughs> that's, okay. that's a really fucking well, you can't cynical way of 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 doing business but that's what it is now it's business it's the music 
business. It's always been the music business. And I understand that there is a business quotient to it, but there also needs to be a certain kind of... uh, aesthetic element to it it's that doesn't we, fly in the boardroom i know it's that's where <laughs> that's where that's always been the great disconnect between the and music again, that and goes, the business and that goes back to the again what we were talking about in the last episode with the rock and roll hall of fame you know there is the business aspect that needs to be paid attention to because that has to be the bottom line needs to be met but there also is an uh, you know this sort of heightened sense of, of of importance of what it is that you're doing i mean is there some sort of you know i hate the word art i think rock and roll is art is the same as a it's disposable art like I'll, a refrigerator magnet I'll, but I'll listen to steven van zant say the exact same thing the other day like when sergeant pepper when sergeant peppers came out rock and roll became art yeah well i you know and i don't know that there's very much rock and roll that you can say truly elevates to the level of art but velvet underground well the velvets maybe maybe, but some patty smith stuff maybe some even some springsteen stuff maybe kiss does on a different level but i wouldn't call it it would be more like pop art it was you know it would but just fine and but um and it's okay to be disposable art that's part of what you know in some weird way for the best of it, it, it it endures in spite of itself it's it's Hey, Twinkies will outlast us all. That's right. A Twinkie. There you go. So, (laughs) Something something to a uh, note, though, on this tour, a pretty interesting set list. So I'm just just pulling from the Charlotte date because by this point, Kiss is not changing it up. But they, for a few tours, they were kind of changing it up. Every five or six shows, they'd kind of swap out a song. They they weren't really doing it by this point. Man, you know what? So at least, sorry, go uh, go ahead. I was going to say with with them playing the, uh, the songs that they did, the moment that made me quick kiss for a while was them opening with psycho circus i was just about to say that so the so july 19th 2014 their set list was psycho circus it's like why <laughs> well i mean deuce and then shout it out loud war machine hotter than hell love it loud lick it up god of thunder hide your heart oh bizarre cold gin love gun black diamond detroit rock and roll all night you think it's because they're playing with the Motley Crues and the Def Leppards and getting and putting getting on packages that are you know really eighties packages, even those cruises. I don't think it, they they didn't really sell enough. I think of I mean, Hide Your Heart wasn't that it wasn't a no. big song for them. I could see them even doing uh, something from Crazy Nights before I would see them doing something from Hot in the Shade. Yeah, uh, but, or or doing Forever, which again, I, I just I, find it odd th- that they opened songs, with Psycho Circus and well, they, they also had, had Hide Your but, Heart. But a couple of years before, they were opening with uh, Modern Day Delilah, which is a song that no one knew. They're opening their show with a song that was like, I mean, that's got to be an awkward well, opener. Think about this. Nothing from Sonic Boom or, or Monster or, yeah. on this tour, or at least on this show. Did they ever play anything besides Hell or Hallelujah Live? Mm-hmm. They were doing, uh, I, I forget which album was which. We talked about, they were doing the song Say Yeah, but what album oh, that's was that from, on? Uh, Monster. That, that no, one? that's from or, Sonic uh, Boom. See, <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> I brought up an idea about us doing our top five, or maybe top three least favorite Kiss albums. I could easily rattle them off right this very second. Oh my god, me too. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think I can quantify I, it. We can do like we can pick one probably at the end of it. 
Um, Lick it up, Animalize Asylum. Easy. Mm. <laughs> uh, on August 2nd in Atlantic City, Phil Collin of Def Leppard joins the band for Deuce, and he wears parts of uh, Paul's costume, including mm-hmm. boots. Uh, Colin, Only the second time a outside member of a band has ever yeah, joined. We talked about Joe Perry. Joe Perry, yep. yeah. Also joined wearing was he wearing Ace's boots? I don't Paul's. remember Paul's boots. Which uh, also, before we move on from that, fun urban legend to debunk. Do you remember? Because we're both Ramones fans. Do you remember the rumor that Johnny joined the band at one point and played rock and roll radio? No, no, I remember that. That was a rumor that circulated for a minute that it was like some private gig or whatever that like video cameras weren't allowed and they played rock and roll radio and Johnny joined them on stage. But like <laughs> since then, both Johnny and Kiss's camp have denied that. But that was, I, I remember that being a rumor for a minute. Never heard that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Collin had been a member of an English group called Girl. With Paul Cook from the Sex Pistols, right? No. Fuck. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it was, but the singer from Girl was Phil Lewis, who would later join L.A. Guns. And on their debut album in 1980, if I have that info right, they do a cover of Do You Love Me. I've had that record. I, I was not particularly enamored with it. I was hoping it to be pretty cool, and it wasn't that great. But I remember hearing about that and never hearing it. I always knew that it existed. I knew it was out there, but I never had the desire to seek it out. Found the record one day, took it home, and pretty. It was okay. It's not <laughs> terrible, but it's not great. Uh, also, Joe Elliott Lee. Joe Elliott Lee. Joe Elliott. <laughs> so Elliott Lee puts it. <laughs> Joe Elliott of Def Leppard reportedly does some of the uh, "You Wanted the Best" intros in uh, in some cities. Which I think is pretty kind of cool, actually. I think you know, he he gets off on it, you yeah. know. And, and obviously, you know, these guys are fans. I'm gonna say they're, it's interesting. They're in the opening slot on this too. I would think, you know, Def Leppard having been so much more popular than Kiss in the '80s mm-hmm. would have been sustained through to do the headlining slot. That's why I'm thinking this is this co-headlining thing has worked well for him. Um, Only because there's not a chance for us to bring it up again. This is our last episode. I'm very, very shocked that Kiss has not made a package to where you can actually purchase the chance to do the intro. That's actually... Mm. yeah. How, fun, how cool would that because, be? Because, because that, side note, around this era, they are selling literally everything. Paul is selling <laughs> his microphone, his guitar. Gene is selling the fire sword, his basses, the guitar straps. Everything they play on stage is immediately sold off afterward. And Tommy and Eric aren't immune for it either. Tommy's selling his guitars. Eric's selling his uh, either drum skins or the whole snare after shows i mean they are pumping out their gear every show so i'm surprised they hadn't had a thing of like for x amount of dollars show up this time before the show get coached on how to properly say it run it through a few times and then do it at the show and then the meet and greets and everything else i'm surprised they've not monetized that section that's that's you know I'm sitting here going, uh, you know if I had the money I would probably pay to do that. That'd be fun to do because you know they would give them some coaching. You know, make sure they built it, make sure they didn't give Have a weekend. Have you ever intro. heard any of the uh, like there? There was a point in the late seventies. It was on the Dynasty tour, and I don't know who's doing the intro, and it wasn't. It wasn't 
I don't think it was Eddie Belandez, is that how you say his name, who does it on most, you know, they, they, it's split on a live too. It's, you wanted the best, you got the best hospital in the world is Eddie Belandez, but the, the kiss Gene. is Gene. It was over up. But at some point, they seem to have a hang up with the with their own name, Kiss, and he felt like it would sounded too much like piss. <laughs> and if you listen to you go back and listen to some of these bootlegs, he yes. says he says, You wanted the best, you got the best, the hottest band in the world. Kiss <laughs> Kiss. Like it's with a, it's really weird sounding. Go y'all can go find out. Well, I like time. the it's early, early bootlegs where it really does sound like the hottest band in the land, piss. <laughs> which is really short kiss <laughs> I think it's kind of hard to I don't know that just doesn't connect to me but whatever um, in November they embark on another kiss cruise followed by a nine date residency at the Hard Rock Hotel in Las Vegas and these shows are professionally taped and released as a DVD and album with the creative title Kiss Rocks Vegas and this is their last DVD release to date that was one of the one of those that you found at Walmart, and you're like, "Oh, that's cool, I guess." Yeah, yeah, I will of, yeah. say, I actually saw this in theater because the uh, the girl I was dating at the time they did a theater release on th- this. Too? Yeah, they did one huh. of those fathom event things, mm-hmm. and uh, the girl I was with at the time, she's like, "Oh, you're a big Kiss fan. Let's go see it." And she's like, "Was it connecting the the fact that I was like, no, no, I'm like really not interested in seeing this lineup or this era, <laughs> but it's on the big screen. I I know, but like, it's still Kiss." I know. Well, I'd like to see it. Oh, okay. Man. Okay. <laughs> so it's like I actually went to the Fathom event to see this, but the thing was, is I felt like you, Russ, the entire time, because the sound, the this specific theater, the sound system was not set up for like a live showing of music, so the sound was horrible. It was like no mids whatsoever, and very little bass, and a lot of trouble. So it's like, and the. And it sounded like they tried to do that weird surround sound thing, but this like setup wasn't made for surround sound, yet that's like the signal that was being sent in. Because it's like guitars had weird panning, vocal kind of cut in in weird spots, so it's like the viewing experience was not all that great, and that was outside of the performance. I was going to say, like a <laughs> live concert in a movie theater just looks, that sounds and looks super awkward. In the right setting, like when we saw the Kissology Volume 1 thing where they aired the 75 show, uh, that was really good. The sound was really nice there. And that's what I was kind of hoping with this, but just even a better experience considering it was modern technology with the audio and video. No, not with, yeah. not at all. I don't talk about the, I haven't talked about this a lot on the show, but with the one time that I saw Kiss, I had that exact same reaction. A buddy of mine was like, I got Kiss tickets if you want to go because they were papering them out. I'm like, uh, at first, I'm like, uh, but then in the back of my mind, it, my mind, I go, it's fucking kiss. Just go. Yeah. So I had that exact same feeling going like, oh, man, I don't this this lineup. And I will say, though, uh, I don't know, Russ, if you've taken a look at any of the video from the show at all. I've watched it. Okay. I've watched some of it, too. I like the stage. I thought it was a really good use of the video monitors kind of above people's heads. And stuff like that, like considering it was something that was just going to be stuck there for a long time. And I thought Paul's flying rig was pretty cool because he landed kind of on like a catwalk balcony. So it was kind of a pretty decent use of the room, I thought. 
Man, and it's one of those things that isn't talked about enough. We talk about Paul Stanley's vocal issues. At least Gene is still kind of carrying the band with his leads. Yeah, well, I mean, it's Gene it, never did anything to ruin his voice. All his yeah. stuff was well, in mean, a low he, register, he, clean living. He kind of did his monster hollering thing live, too. but yeah, I don't know. I mean, we we again, we've only suspected based on on what we've read that the heart issue thing could be yeah, an issue. That's right. yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, in 2015, with nothing to promote. Oh, real quick. At the very end of 2014, I want to make note of this, mainly because it was such a bizarre moment in history and something that the band, specifically Paul, has outright like slammed after the fact. And I remember watching this live when it happened. November, I, get, I can barely see, November 27th, New York City. The Macy's Day Parade. Oh, I forgot all about yes. that. Yes. So here's the backstory. I saw on this that. one too. <laughs> I, think I, I think I might have seen this. I just so interesting backstory behind this. So what happened was Kiss was slated to be part of the Macy's Day Parade for Thanksgiving, and it was it was another. They, they kind of chalk it up to a Kiss Me's the Phantom kind of thing. They were presented, and I've seen the sketches. They were presented this float. That had a Gibson Les Paul and a Iceman on it. And they were going to be on the float performing rock and roll all night. And that it was going to be like this big setup, all this thing. And when they got there, they basically had the size of like a tractor trailer pickup that yeah. they were allowed to stand on with a couple little metal like pillars. And they were like perform and they're like no no, no. <laughs> not perform quote unquote perform yeah and they're like no you're still gonna do it and they gave the most half ass lip sync performance so awful. you've ever seen in your life it i think is i've so, seen this but i've just kind of blocked it out of my brain so awkward it's so weird i remember watching it live on tv mm-hmm. and just being like holy shit you know that, I, it's such a weird I, moment I wonder, in history i wonder if it was bad and then and then they tried to do damage control by by saying oh well this that and the other you know like i can't, i just have a hard time imagining them going into anything without full gusto i you know i think they had to have been aware again this is a this is a media moment. You know, you're going to have you're in front of a you know, it's not just the people that are in wherever the wherever the, in front of Macy's, wherever they stage the main, you know, where they film the yeah, broadcast the parade from. It's nationwide television. It's people sitting at home on Thanksgiving Day and they're all watching it because it's on. But you know what me and my other friends that love Kiss said? The fuck what? Okay, I don't know if you because you said you hadn't really watched it. Rewatch it. I no. <laughs> it really is one of those okay. moments where it's like I remember it was bad. Well, I'm saying when you watch the nuance of it mm. and with the context of this wasn't what they expected, you kind of see it. I really don't think they're trying to change the history on that. I because there is something else that we're going to talk about in this episode that was a bad that was a deal gone very bad. So they're not immune to bad situations and bad business deals, even all the way up to the end of 2020 into 2021. Well, in 2015, with nothing to promote, the band embarks on another summer tour. Uh, This is called the Freedom to Rock Tour, which sounds very 
Hell cheap. yeah. This is a cheap, that is just a cheap, cheap ring to it. Sounds like a bad Ted Nugent song. <laughs> or a bad beer commercial, you know. <laughs> Budweiser Freedom to Rock. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And compared to the joint runs they had with Motley Crue and Def Leppard, respectively, this doesn't quite do the same numbers. And from the info I can find online, the average attendance was about 6,000 people a night, which is basically Oof. back to their same business that they endured in the 80s. So they have their core audience of dedicated fans. It's augmented by a general Fairweather fan out to see a rock show on a summer night, I guess. But Yeah, and this entire year is spent overseas, too. Well, this is in 2000, yeah, 2015. Yeah. Uh, well, in 2017. Well, real quick, not to move away to, uh, from fin, uh, 15 real quick. One other interesting thing to note I'd like to talk about. Uh, July 10th, 2015, we got... Scooby-Doo and Kiss, Rock and Roll Mystery. Oh, man. <laughs> I remember when this was happening, too. No. I've never even bothered to watch like, oh, that. Did you not? No. Oh, I come on, Rob. Like, I only interest. watched it because you, you had it that one yes, time. Yes, I did. Because you know what? Take away the idea. Like, let's let's take Tommy and Eric out of the picture. That is what it is. Okay? I know, I know. Kiss and Scooby-Doo. They created an actually pretty decent story. They kind of ripped off Phantom of the Park and rewrote the story some. And in an animated feature with Scooby-Doo and the gang, it actually worked. Scooby-Doo and the gang. I was also like 29 or something like this. Shut the fuck up, Cap. You can't fucking cartoon (laughs) shame me. I'm not having it. Well, you know, there's a lot of people that insist that Kiss were were on an episode of Scooby-Doo back in the 70s, which isn't true. There was a character that had similar face similar Similar. And as to whether or not they influenced that is hard to say, um, being the time frame. But here they're, you know, they're actually on the show. I, you know, I will I say it's an enjoyable special. If you go I'm into sure it expecting, it, yeah. I mean, don't expect the greatest it was thing for in the kids, world. So yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, don't have a, I don't have a problem with it. Now I, I, the other thing that's notable about that, and I, I'm glad you brought it up because I kind of forgot. That's the last recorded new song that they have done. Yeah. Don't touch my ascot. Which is. What about the the Japanese release that they nope, did? Nope, this, this happens afterward. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I've, part I've, of the reason they're actually overseas uh, doing some of these runs is they uh, did a collab, yeah. as the kids say. Collaboration so, with... Uh, a do Japanese, you, do you want to give a whack at the name, Russ? <laughs> no, I don't, because I remember seeing it. This is like... Uh, is it? You know, for some reason, I had it in my head. It was like a K-pop thing, kind of. But it's the Japanese. What do they call that? There's a, there's a name for that. J Rock or J Rock. Oh, I thought they, I thought it was the. What do they call that? Idols. I don't think idols. Or what is do that? they call that? There's idols a word. A there's a. There's even a documentary movie about it. It's like middle-aged men give these little girls all this lavish attention and money and and like it's and like their parents are, you know try to you know hope these girls get they call, there's a name for it they're teen oh was the it's really bizarre it's yeah, a bizarre i mean japanese japanese, program? japanese has some interesting stuff in their culture and this is one of the colorful, <laughs> colorful yeah <laughs> that's a way to there's put a it word right. for it and i can't remember it's not and maybe it's not idols i don't remember but i thought i thought it was something to tie with that i just oh, yeah. i remember seeing that 
that one time and went, huh? And that, that's a thing. I, I, I just, I just didn't care. Okay, I just so so could I, not care. So less. the name was easier to pronounce than I thought. It's a uh, Morimoto Clover, uh, and they did three songs. Uh, the English version was a song called Samurai Sun, which had Paul on lead vocal, and they even did a music video for it. Honestly, the video is kind of cool. It's just unfortunate that the song sucks ass. <laughs> but the visuals are actually pretty cool. You and know what? Hot take. Better song than anything on Monster or Sonic Boo. You think so? I think so. <laughs> did you listen to me. it when I sent it in the group chat? Yes, I did. I was remember- Did you I- listen to all three songs that were on it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. Okay, but, so, so this is was this like a boy band or, or It's team? a girl. Okay. Yeah. Is it part of that? idol thing i guess so i don't know i don't i'm not entirely sure what you're talking of i don't follow any of this culture whatsoever i was taking your word on it at this point i'm not really following. it's it's one of those flavor of the month we know they did it yes but it's so but there's three versions of the song so there's samurai sun and then there's the japanese version where the girls are singing and kiss is like singing the backups which is kind of like the mirror version of the english version but then there's a song on there called Rock and roll all night. Oh boy! And yeah, from what it's, this. it's hard to find the info on it, so I could be wrong. But I feel like I remember hearing when they were doing interviews, and a lot of these interviews got taken off YouTube. Uh, weirdly enough, like maybe about two, three years ago. But I remember listening to one of the interviews, hearing that Paul and Tommy contributed their guitars to it. So it's very interesting hearing, like, I'll just call it J-pop, this weird J-pop version of Rock and Roll All Night, knowing that Paul and Tommy are contributed the guitars. Look up and see if they're considered part of the Japanese Idol thing. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm telling you, that is a that is a big thing over in Japan. It's it's a it's a the competition it's, singing. I think it's like a competition thing, and then these girls get promoted, and and it's encouraged that their fan base isn't that like other teenagers. It's like middle aged men, and they literally like like furnish their par- apartments and all this stupid stuff. It's no, really, okay. really kind of weird subculture over there. I was talking well, I don't somebody. know what you look up, but no, I don't think this <laughs> I, don't, I don't think this is part of it. Looking at their uh Wikipedia page under genres it lists them as J pop and rock. Yeah. I just, and, but I didn't know if they were part of the idol thing. No, it seems like they are just a traditional old girl band that got together it says four members of MZC are known for energetic performances incorporating elements of ballet gymnastics and action moves they're notable <laughs> what were they the called <laughs> what were they called Let's see momomo m o m o i r o clover z so memorio clover yeah Weird tangent, but it's it's still such an odd thing for Kiss never does collaborations for the so for them to collaborate with this odd Japanese girl band is kind of interesting. they are they're a Japanese idol girl group. So that's kind of what I guess that's kind of why I liked Wikipedia. It. That's the very first thing it says. I they're think a I, Japanese idol girl group. I think I liked it because it was different from like you know anything you know that didn't sound like sixty year old Kiss trying to be twenty three year old Kiss. Well, you know what I this mean? all. 
you know okay yeah I, I didn't see that they, very they're first top part of the, yeah so you know they don't normally say things like this to girls your age no, no. <laughs> but when i saw you on that japanese idol show <laughs> that day i knew we'd do a collab all right look we've already given this way too much <laughs> well i will say the last thing on it completely outside of them this is the first time lip syncing is ever incorporated in a kiss live show no it's not to this degree it is because uh, they did those shows in japan and uh, they did uh one of them was with this girl band uh, and as an encore they came out and played the song hey. and <laughs> the entire <laughs> song was backtracked hey. like the entire band wasn't hey. playing oh my god hey. and like the entire band was miming along to a backtrack okay. well, so it was a very hey i think that's history important the entire band mined along to a backtrack well, live. Uh, speaking of collaborations there's this one moment i forget when it was where paul stanley and ace started recording together again well they did the, the origins paul, paul played on one song on ace's right. solo record but I, I, I remember it being I've like a big deal when it stuff, happened yeah that was it's like, hey, Ace, I'll help you move a few units. Yeah, like yeah, probably. I don't know. That was whatever. Uh, they only play eight dates stateside in 2017 with a run yeah. of European dates, and they dubbed this the Kiss World Tour. Not the Kiss World Tour. Kiss World yeah. Tour. Mm. Now, they copyrighted the name Kiss World back in the 70s. Gene had this convoluted idea of a traveling amusement park, like a a traveling carnival sideshow that went with their concerts and they would set up an adjacent we've talked about this it was during the yeah. dynasty era and it just didn't 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 pan out so i guess they had the name they needed to use it i was like well gotta stick well, it on something there we go we'll stick it on this um <laughs> yeah it's, yeah all of this seems to be writing on the wall because nobody much cares about this new model KISS. They do okay when they're packaged with these other larger groups or other groups of their ilk, you know, as a package deal. The Aerosmith tour, the Motley Crue tour, the Def Leppard tour, those were successful. But KISS on their own hasn't done real well. Um, you I know, will say, it's, for it's, the, it is interesting, though, for the KISS World tour, they did redon their creatures of the night. Yeah, so when they brought that back, I remember they did a whole thing on the uh, the Kiss Cruise of that year, doing the creatures of the night. Yeah. Um, so at least they were trying to do something different. Yeah, but then something happens in February of 2018. They file a copyright claim to the phrase "the end of the road," and this immediately starts the rumor mill. Of course, because it's telegraphing an impending farewell tour, a second farewell tour, but yeah. farewell tour nonetheless. But it's also one of those deals where it's like, you know, no, everybody knows these guys are like in their 60s at this point. Well, yeah. And now initially Gene claims to know nothing about it, but Paul immediately pipes in and says it was him. Paul did this is we're going to do this this is he's already got it in his head yeah it doesn't say when he just wants to make sure that he's got the because apparently a copyright claim was filed against them when they toured using the hottest show on earth 
tour, which yeah. mm-hmm. I don't think had any real legal legs, but Ringling Brothers came after him saying, uh-uh-uh. Oh, shit. We're the greatest show on earth. And Kessler's like, well, we're the hottest show on earth and whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, they're just covering their backside. They're, they're copywriting this for the use of whatever they want to do. But no formal announcement for a, for a final tour has been made at this juncture. Um, in July, they played a handful of dates in Spain with Megadeth. Seems like an odd pairing. Right. And in an odd place. But in September of 2018, they appear on America's Got Talent playing Detroit Rock City. And it was at this point they formally announced the end of the road farewell tour. What do you think of a name for that tour? I don't have a problem with it. I just, you know, I I'm, I remember my first response was, please. Yeah. I, I hope it is. Yeah. Let it be the end because they need to stop. It begins January 21st, 2019 and continues for over a year. And and this really, it works. It kicks up their attendance. It kicks up their attendance, not marginally, but exponentially. Yep. Uh, it's, this is a big, this, you know, it, if, if this is a ploy to put butts in seats, it works. Uh, and yeah, it, this was the run I caught him on. It ultimately gets suspended in March, I guess, of 2020 because of the COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then resumes uh, about 18 months later or so, I guess, August 18th, 2021, and is continuing to this very present moment. They are still mm-hmm. touring under. The last show was announced at one point without a location a date was announced i I couldn't find it was july i think it was july 21st 2021 yeah and heavily rumored to be new york yeah but there was no location or tickets were never put on sale now this keeps getting pushed back and back and back and back and back and then the rumor mill keeps churning about the original lineup once again i don't well okay so we we kind of briefed that a little bit on the last episode this is why i say as much of a fan as I am, I fully believe in what Russ said, and that at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that's going to be unless by some fucking random chance they literally come out to bow at the very last show. I think that Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is going to be the last time that Kiss publicly are in the same room as all four members, because. As time has gone on, we're recording this for posterity in 2022, near the end, November. And we have seen Ace on his most recent tours, video-wise. In my opinion, not that great. He's Ace, but he's not arena-worthy anymore. And Peter? He's 76 years old. Yeah, the passion's there, but he's, he's... You know, it's like there's no polite way to say it. He's old. He has the heart, but probably not the legs. He doesn't, and that's no slight on him whatsoever. But his, his, but his, his time has passed for a drummer, someone that has to be so physical. Mm -hmm. He doesn't do it all the time. And one of the more recent uh, conventions that happened, I think, in 2021, uh, I think it was called Creatures Fest. He got invited up to play with some members and. It was great hearing him behind the kit. You could hear Peter's style, but at the same time, to carry a Kiss show. Yeah, it was a room and, and a band that he could carry. And, and even that, it was barely level. being carried. Yeah, arena level, he couldn't. So 
as much you know what even if paul woke up tomorrow you know after having being visited by paul's of you know kisses past <laughs> and has a complete change of heart calls actually up, love peter yeah calls up <laughs> peter and ace is like i'm so sorry guys you know what i really want you to join us on stage we'll kick tommy and eric off stage you know i want you on i don't think they could physically do it i really don't i agree that peter couldn't do it and it feels like with Ace, I feel like in Kiss, even with a fucked up Peter, Ace could probably, it would probably be somewhat Unless cohesive Peter because sang of that Beth. chemistry. Unless they got out of the mm. way enough for Peter to sing Beth. Can I can I say something at this point? Yes, yeah, sorry. Um, I don't think any of the original members can do it anymore. I mean, Have you seen any can. of the footage of their current shows well do we want to talk about the backtracks i'm not even talking about the backtracks well, I'll say in paul, general. I, don't, I don't even well, care about the backtracks paul stanley just can't sing period period anymore. that he can't but it's not like, at the again, level that he's going for um we could note the new year's eve, uh, new year's eve pay-per-view from dubois dubai dubai so yeah whatever which is which is i mean that i do want to talk so about that bad i mean it was just so bad i think the mm. band themselves have kind of put that to rest well that's what i want to talk about so they were hyping up this show big time because unfortunately in the middle of 2020 we were still in lockdown yeah. everyone was enjoying it their live stream things yes so they went to an area in which they were allowed to at least put on this huge show and one of the selling points is that they were going to set the world record for the most amount of fireworks set off in one sequence. <laughs> and I think they achieved that. Well, and I, you know what? Hold on. I think that's the only thing they actually achieved on that show. Because they were selling the pay-per-view tickets. And along with pay-per-view tickets, they were selling merchandise. Yeah. Physical goods. That was going to be pre-orders for the DVD the exclusive DVD that was going to come out with it, T-shirts, hats, all the bullshit. Outrageous prices. Number one, the live stream kept skipping. Yeah, and to some... this day, in November 2022, people have yet to receive a fucking T-shirt no from shit. it. So the p- companies that they partnered with to get this done completely dropped the ball. And have got kind of like done a grab the money and run situation. On the most recent Kiss Cruise, Kiss Cruise 11, uh, Dot McGee was actually asked about it once again. Because during the cruise I was on, number 10, he was asked about it and just kind of gave the, we're working with it. You're going to get your stuff. We do apologize. But, you know, we want to make sure all the fans get their things. Next. In so many words. This time, he was a lot more open about it and said, yeah, uh, we we haven't seen the money from that either. Uh, so we're either going to issue refunds or offer up something else in its place, but we're going to make sure you guys are taken care of one way or another. So everyone got hosed on that entire deal. Fuck. Yeah. And that, that, that's why I was saying. I was saying that with the Macy's Day Parade. They've not been immune to these bad business deals all the way up to the end of 2020. And I saw on YouTube a day later. So, yeah. I win. <laughs> yeah, that was the other thing, too. It was supposed to be an exclusive paid pay-per-view where, like, the mm-hmm. cheapest ticket was, like, $50. Literally the night of, you could watch it on YouTube for free. Yeah, like the whole thing. And it was like, oh, it's And just- no one was taking it down. No. Nothing. Plus it's still it was, up there. And it was exactly what I expected. Same old kiss. Yeah. just I found it also funny that uh, in between songs you can hear an audience. 
Well, I mean, I, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, there's people watching. It was it was staged outside of a hotel. There's people in the watching. I'm sure from the back. I'm sure people flew to Dubai. To oh, see absolutely. That. But if you listen, know, there, like there's, there's people listen watching. Everything there's with, people. There's people present to watch it. It's not oh, a paid absolutely. audience, but whatever. You know, but, but no, here's but the when thing. I listen to because I listen to everything with headphones because it's on my phone. You listen to those headphones. It's a audience it's not a smattering of people hanging out their hotel rooms I clapping know. i don't know <laughs> you know what they should have done they should have sold the pay-per-view as them unmasked you know just, what they should have done they should have broke up in 1979 I mean, yes but on the kiss cruises the only fun part that's only, that's kind of fun to watch about the kiss cruises is them uh playing the deep cuts without makeup and on. they don't do that anymore they don't. They didn't do it on this run. Hey, let's not, let's not go into that. Russ is getting cranky because he no. hasn't talked in a minute. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just. I mean, it all kind of comes back to that same point of seeing a band, and I, you know, I argued in the early part of this series that Kiss would, I think, still have been a successful band even if they had not employed the theatrics because of the sheer physicality of their performance. They were, they were very. A high energy band, probably more so than most. Uh, you know, they, they, there's, and I always go back. There's footage of them playing in early. I think it's early '76, so it's still pre Destroyer, but it's uh, it's black and white camcorder footage from the early early days of camcorder, and you can't really see their makeup or their costumes and stuff i mean you kind of can but it's black and white it's kind of furry but but the but the performance is has an energy to it that transcends you know it's it transcends over into the video realm which it's a great performance watching them now it's the opposite it's like they're not relying on their theatrics in that point the theatrics in 1975 76 augment what they do now they are relying on the on the stage because they're not physical performance. In which case, you know, uh, you can they're old. Okay, yeah. I get it. You know, but we've talked about this before. Paul having hip surgery. That's nature's way of saying stop. stop. <laughs> you know, Gene is just he talks about well, Mick Jagger couldn't strut around in you know eighty pounds worth of gear. Well, guess what? Now Gene Simmons can't either because he just stands there lock legged. Yeah, I mean it's 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 hard to watch for me. All of it. It's just bad. They are not good. Performers anymore they, because they can't perform. They're playing, but they're playing with no energy or heart yeah. or, or passion. There's no drive. It's just clocking in, collecting a paycheck, clocking out. Because I know you have absolutely no interest in seeing anything this current lineup does, so I don't bother. We've got a group chat on Facebook where we send like Kiss nerd shit every so often. <clears throat> but on this most recent Kiss Cruise, the handful of deep cuts they chose to pick were actually off Rock and Roll Over, and they played Love Them or Leave Them for the first time in forever. So I sent that in the chat because I, I was just like, that with, would be interesting for as, C. Russ's point. And I responded with three words. That was bad. <laughs> I didn't even, I haven't watched it yet, but it's all, but I'm also sitting there going like, it's there's just, no way it's, it's just, good. It just it hurts to watch. It just hurts to watch. Oh, I know. I, you know, and that's why I think you know this end of the road thing. It's it's a good idea if they actually stop. It doesn't seem like they know where to stop. They but the demand is there because for some inexplicable reason, you know, people are paying for it. They are they're coming and they're doing big numbers. It's like people are going to see it, and it's like what is it that drives us? And all I can think of is. 
you know, it's age. Because we talked about in the previous episode, I saw this term, the rock era. And this music, which used to be youth music, is now senior citizen music. Dad dad, dad rock. rock. Yeah. And and it's like, that's who's going to see it. And, you know. Um, well, so it's like to even comment on that, Kiss Cruise 11 that just happened uh, during Paul's Q&A, he was asked, are you going to come back to Australia? Now, bear in mind, at the time of recording this, they just got back from Australia maybe, what, three months ago, roughly? And they were hyping it up, you know, we're here to say goodbye, this, that, and the other, you know. And now it's like, oh, we're definitely going back. Dude, during that Q&A, someone asked, are you going to come back to Australia? And he goes, well, the funny thing is about that. (laughs) And goes into this long-ass thing talking about how they've done the final tour but that doesn't mean they won't come back to do a show or something like that. He goes, so, you know, this may be the end of the road tour, but we just keep paving the road in front of us. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, well, I <laughs> and mean, the people the, that don't want us to succeed. Well, they just don't like us. Well, guess what? And, and my response is, you're right. I don't like you. I don't like what you're doing to my to, to, to my memories. You know, I have just as much vested interest in this as the people that do like you. I'm sorry, but guess what? You know, you've you're creating a divisiveness within your own fan base, and I'm sorry to say, and, and I'm ashamed all those to say in that room. Right? Yeah. I don't identify with those people. I don't get it. How can you enjoy that? How can you look at that and and, and say to yourself, "Yeah, that's great," because it's not great. It's awful how can anyone look at what they're doing right now and say yeah fuck yeah man that's killer that version of love them and leave them man it's like oh my god i'm just ashamed of it making love i watched the recent version of and it's just like why even bother it's just it's so bad now and when they do that to me it's like reinforcing all of the negativity that people that never like kiss where you know it gives them all the more credence because they're I just proven. <laughs> yeah. Now you always have to preface it, be like, "Yeah, I'm a Kiss fan." What well, early Kiss? Early fan. Kiss. Yeah, exactly. When they were still yeah, it's like you always have to lead it as like being a Star Wars fan. Yeah, I'm a Star Wars fan. The original movies. Yes, I like the original Star Wars. But you know, and I don't know how true that is of other bands. Like you know, we just saw this summer tour with Motley Crue and Def Leppard. This is a tour that's. Stadium tour, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett, right? Yeah. That couldn't have happened 10 years ago and had any kind of success. And I doubt that they're going to be able to pull this off in another 10 years. It's hard to say. But, you know, this is where we've reached. But that tour did pretty well. It did real well. That's what I'm saying. It wouldn't have done well 10 years ago because we saw Motley Crue and Kiss package, but they weren't stadiums. Kiss and Def Leppard package. But I'm wondering if they're not sitting there, you know, Doc McGee's sitting there scratching his chin going, hmm, Kiss and Bon Jovi with another hair metal band. (laughs) You know what what they're thinking. They're absolutely thinking that. What's a couple years away? Fiftieth interval. Well, no, they're, yeah, we're we're fifty though. No, next they, year they ju- they formed yeah. in twenty three. Yeah, or, or they formed in seventy three. Yeah. and the first album was seventy four. So next summer, seventy three, seventy four. They're going to push that fifty year anniversary, man, and, and people and, will fucking go at stadiums with you know. That, that That's my prediction. Dude, They're going to push that yeah. fifty. Because look at it. it, the world made them pause when they were trying to stop. 
And now so much time has passed where they're like, shit, if we can just milk this for the next couple years, we can really end it off on a big 50th anniversary, 2023, 24. But if they toured with Bon Jovi, who would headline? Mm. Why do you think Bon Jovi? I mean, they toured with I'm just a thinking, I'm just thinking. Well, that's true, but I'm just trying <laughs> well, to if think. Gonna, if you're going to do a, a Kiss version of because, the stadium because tour if or you, whatever. Because if you go out next summer with basically the same stadium tour that just happened, it, it it's bound it, to not do as well because everyone just saw it. Yeah, yeah. Do they don't tour with anyone. You have to give it some breathing space, so they have to vary it. So it'd have to be Kiss. I could see, you know, maybe Kiss and Motley Crue or maybe Kiss and Def Leppard, but it's, I would see something more like it's got to be its own d- unique d- thing, a complete different package. I might see it if they did Kiss and Alice Cooper. That would be pretty interesting. Yeah, they could do that. Live Nation, but it would sure. have to still. They would have to add. I'm saying for a stadium, though, they'd have to make it stadium worthy. It'd have to be other bands that can do stadium. You Alice know, Cooper could like, probably. That's if what you, I'm saying. You could put them with Iron Maiden, but who would headline that? Because Iron Maiden still Iron Maiden does better business than way Kiss. More than Kiss still. So you know, it's a it's a tricky business to try to put that together. Uh, but Kiss is doing really well on this tour, you know. So the demand is there, and you know, you could, you know, you, if if you did a stadium tour, part of what would be the selling point is, you know, the stadium is a no-fly zone. We're gonna blow up the sky and Kiss, <laughs> blah blah blah. But they're still gonna come out there and do the same shitty show, and people are still gonna think it's good for some goddamn reason or another. Even because though it's Kiss, it's and it's not though. It's not even approximation of Kiss. Now you're gonna see more energy and passion off of a Kiss tribute band that plays at your local bar than you're gonna see from Kiss. They're not gonna have the staging. They're not gonna have the production. But they're probably gonna play better, sing better, have more energy and more passion. just more passion they're going to be more into what they're doing than the band themselves are i don't get it i'm lost here because i don't understand how we got to this point i don't understand i feel no relationship or kinship whatsoever to the kiss army anymore you know i don't i don't see how they can see through this and go yeah this is acceptable i don't have a problem with the merchandising i don't have a problem with them selling or not selling t-shirts or whatever that didn't come with their you know i understand that stuff but at this point it's just even just playing the just the physicality of playing you're you're boring even with the lights and the flash i don't personally care for the stage they've used on this tour but that's that's neither here nor there either because that's just me. i will say sam t the sam t serpent uh, made a reappearance. Well, that's great. And uh, and over the last couple shows, uh, they've gotten castings of those uh, Destroyer Panthers. That's fine. That's great. Well, but guess well, I have what? To say, I'm tiny things. Right. I have to at least give credit I, those on the are nice tiny little, things. Those are nice embellishments. But you know what? They're still. I mean. I'm, you know, and I'm looking at Gene. Gene can still sing, but he just stands there, lock legged, mm-hmm. and he looks bored. And I'm like, you know, if you're bored, if you're not, just stop, man. Go ahead and cash in that final that that play, lay down the card, the final show, and go away. You yeah, know, go do your vault, do an acoustic tour. You, Gene, clearly still loves to play. No, that's that's well, that's where we're ending at here. Is now where do we go from here? It's like, what do you think? Okay, let's just, this is a supposition. They stop. They actually stop. Okay. We'll say 2023, 50th anniversary. They've reached a good, solid, even number. As I'm big on even numbers, 40th show here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, they stop. 
what next? Where do they go as individuals? What Let do Cap you expect? Go first, what do you I expect have a feel like I have a pretty clear trajectory over yeah. something I've heard recently. I feel like Gene will still go out and like do like not vault tours, but something similar. Just doing like uh, acoustic shows with packages, making a package deal with whatever he's pushing, and private audience, private deals? audience deals, yeah, yeah. high like dollar mm-hmm. private audience deal. What do you say? What do you think for Paul? For Paul, oh. that's a tough one. I feel like Paul is. It's that thing where it's, it's like the Rolling Stones, where they tour, where it's like, why do the Rolling Stones keep to, keep touring? Well, what else are they going to do? I think Paul's kind of. I mean, this is just me making an assumption. I feel Paul might be like that. That's the only guess I have, where he's just like, he's just going to keep playing until he's done. Well, he's done already. But I know, <laughs> but... <laughs> I can't see him... That's a guy that's not going to quit. I can't see him drawing an audience. <laughs> Especially if, like, if you read his book. It's like, that's a guy that's not going to quit, I think. So, since I am a Kiss nerd, I listen to nearly everything that comes out. And even if I roll my eyes at it, I still like to at least hear everything. So, with Kiss Cruise 11 that happened, anytime people upload videos of the Q&As, I listen to it. And, of course, they're already promoting Kiss Cruise 12 and 13 and everything else, and that it's going to just keep going. But they did drop the bombshell that this was the last cruise that they were doing. This this or one more, I forget. But either way, there's going to be a cruise where they do not do a makeup show, that they only do the Sail Away show, and that the rest of the uh, events and everything happening after the Sail Away is Paul Stanley's Soul Station, the Gene Simmons band that's had uh, Ryan Cook and those guys. Tommy, because of course I don't pay attention to what the fuck he does. Black and Blue. <laughs> Black and Blue is going to play. And apparently he's had like this charity um, covers gig for the longest time that like Paul has joined in on, Eric's joined in on. So he's going to have his... Tommy and Friends band on the cruise. Oh, that's a good tax write-off. So, honestly, right there, there's... That's a good point, tax Mm write-off. So, right there, there's your trajectory. Soul Station is going to take up Eric Singer and Paul Stanley. Gene's going to run off with his solo band. And Tommy's going to continue doing his charity work. Mm -hmm. Because, again... we don't like him in the spaceman makeup, but he does a lot for charity work. He does a lot yeah, for the community. I, personal so I know that's why I'm saying. Him at all. So it's like I feel he's just gonna dig dig right back into his charity work and golf stuff and play his cover bands, and he's gonna be happy with it. All power to him. But I think that's what's gonna happen. What does Eric do? Join another band? No, Eric's gonna be in Soul Station. He's already oh, in. Oh, okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Soul Station takes up Paul and Eric. Gene will run off with Ryan and. Uh, all the rest of those guys. So be it, Jeremy. He's not going to be in Soul Station. I'll tell you why. Ah, here it comes. So he's going to go where the money is. Whoever uh, whoever writes the oh, biggest check. Oh, I thought you were going to say because he didn't uh, have soul. No. <laughs> oh. no. He's going to, he's, he, the only reason why he's in Kiss is because they're paying the biggest paycheck right now. When yeah. he plays the Soul Station uh, show. I understand well, that, well, but it's like a, that's. He's not going to take a pay cut. He's on a retainer, I'm sure, with Kiss. So, so long as they've got him on retainer and they're paying his bills, you know. But, I mean, there was, there was a moment there where he, he was doing, in his off time, he was touring with Alice Cooper still. Yeah, so he was juggling I, both I can of those see for a Eric Carr is going to, Eric Carr, Eric Singer is going to jump and go to wherever the next paycheck is. He's the most physically capable of the bunch, probably next to Tommy Thayer. There is, 
I think it would not be surprising to see Ace and Gene touring together. Yeah. With that band, they, they shared the band. You know, Ace picked up Gene's solo band. Yeah. Gene did those solo shows. The I talisman see them, guys. I can yeah. see them doing. You know, they will be the special guest, bottom of a three band bill somewhere, which is really kind of sad. But that's I can see them doing some headlines, gonna, like maybe some clubs and theaters. Yeah, yeah but I'm like saying the, like yeah. they could do a theater tour. Maybe I doubt it. A whole theater tour. Doubt it. Not Ace. Ace still plays theaters. Think no, about he it. He plays clubs. So he when, so when you say Amos theaters, I'm thinking I'm thinking like you What's know every 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 city that has a a lot of the old coliseums, they built an adjacent uh, what I call a theater next to it. You know, like here in Charlotte, it's the Ovens Auditorium. Right. There's I don't see the Gene Carnegie Hall outside the of the Norfolk <laughs> Scope. There's all, all of them have. It's where the symphony would normally play. Kind Got of thing. It. That's see, what I call a theater. It's a 3,500 seater kind of place. Yeah. They see the theaters I've been to have been like I saw a PIL in a theater and I saw Slash in one. Was so, that was that a Fox Theater in Atlanta? I don't think so. It wasn't Atlanta. I don't think. It was in Georgia somewhere. Oh, okay. But either way, uh, that that's the the capacity that I've seen kind of felt like it would fit. And and actually, I think I saw Ace in kind of like a theaterish club, like a smaller theater. Well, last time I saw Ace, he played at the Center Stage Theater in Atlanta, and I think that's a fifteen hundred capacity. Yeah. So that's not really a theater. It's still basically. That, that, I think that's kind I mean, of roughly the what the Tremont I have Music in my Hall head. in Charlotte, which was just a, it had the grandiose name of Music Hall. It was a converted warehouse. The capacity in there was a, was nine hundred and ninety nine. Mm. Um, you know. It, it, I don't know. I mean, you can only speculate. I just don't see a demand there. I mean, I, I, it would be something that I might go see, but I don't see a demand there to be beyond an opening act for someone else. You know who could be the opening act? It'd be the Ace and Gene Band mm-hmm. with the Bruce Kulick Band as the opener. No one would give a shit about that. That still wouldn't do. Look, it. you say that, but <laughs> wouldn't. I don't think look, they could do good. You say that, but. That has been the number one rated band on all the Kiss cruises. Like, That's and, fine. I, and I will say that myself. On the Kiss too. cruise, where does where does he tour? He's he's currently hitting it. He's about to start up a tour. He's going. He's currently booked one. Like it's about to be the first tour. We'll see. I haven't seen that yet. I'm I just don't. See the I just cities. don't see any demand for it. And it's it. got the guy the from a Slash singing i forget his name oh he's got yeah because he go, has slash's backing band and yeah fucking solid like, too. yeah so he's he's got I, some a-listers behind him you know and everything else so i see him doing that because he he plays like the deep cuts whether it be like paul stanley solo stuff his era of kiss and they beef they beef it up to the point it's not as cheesy what kind of <laughs> venues are they playing they're playing like, that's uh, like what I'm amos's saying. size that's, clubs that's, or that's, roughly yeah okay. that's what i'm saying they're going to be playing clubs that's the best they can package all of it together it'd still be club i don't see it'd be an expensive club <laughs> you know i mean even uh, just ace on his own doesn't play but clubs they did the Ace and Peter package together in 91, 92, or whatever. They played clubs. It wasn't, they weren't going to well, get that into was theaters. was also before the reunion. Uh, but even at, I think at this point, it's been so slogged down. And I, you know, I saw Ace open for uh, Alice Cooper a year ago, and it, it was it was pretty mediocre. I mean, it is what it is. The band he's got, it's a bar band. They they can play. Nah, they're, they're capable. They're better than that. No, they're 
super cheesy. I mean, it was super cheesy. And it's just like, I'm just kind of looking at them going. Well, they're working guys. They're, they're good, right, they're, but they're working they're, guys. They, yeah. And, and you know, they they were all capable, but it was just so just, it was just like, I felt like Ace could have found, I, I felt like Ace had a band that was Ace's band. Like the, the, the deal he had with Richie Scarlet, there was. That went sour really bad. I know. And it's yeah. because he chose this, this cheesy bar band to be his backing band. But, Richie you know, wanted more money. Hey, you know what? That's fine. He, I'm just saying, whatever the, the, the there was a synergy between those two guys that felt like they had a chemistry that a band has. Where this feels like that band that he has has a chemistry amongst themselves, and then he's just stamped on top of it. Well, I mean, that's kind of what it is because I know I, I, I get that because that's why I was saying earlier about how I think Ace and Peter could probably still gel. Because Ace's playing is kind of fucked up, Peter's playing is kind of fucked up, but it works. No, but I think, that fucked I don't up think, suit that I talk I about with think, bands. I don't think Peter's going to be involved in this. I think it'll be, if anything, you'll see a Gene and Ace thing. Paul might do Soul Station. I can't. I just I don't see his voice sustaining for He's him to do stuff that like too. that. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> uh, it'll be easier for him to sing. I it's think art. But that I can see being like I don't even see that doing any sizable notable business he's so, going to try reaching a different audience I know but I I, I don't It'll be I like don't know select markets for like uh, he's, he's not going to promote to a kiss audience no. at all he'll do like uh, destination spots I can see that I, I can see yeah, him, him doing cruises and singing Motown <laughs> special yeah. events yeah I don't know I don't know and then the question though that I guess everyone seems to think is going to happen is that they're going to do a new model kiss point you know 2.0 whatever but in your mind it'd own, be 4.0 yeah but I'm saying you know a continuation with four all new guys let's let note is that it's no different than an elvis impersonator yeah but you know they're going to be i'm wondering if they think they're going to be able to sell this thing as a as an entity that would create new music on their own so they've even kind of talked about that over the last few years because since they have been kind of loosely talking about that since maybe like 2004 2005 because I remember that being like when the rumors of like a Kiss talent show, because that was like that Rockstar NXS stuff was happening. It was heavily rumored that Kiss was going to find replacements for Gene and Paul and carry out a new Kiss. That would make sense. They could make a TV show out of it, just like rumors the same had thing. It. it was about to happen, but the deal fell through. No, yeah. you know what we got instead? We have an arena football team. Yeah, yeah. Well, we that's the TV show we got. About that. But, but you no, know, so I talking can, about the 2.0 deal, they said, like Paul said recently, he goes, "Do I think that there's someone that can do a better Paul Stanley than me? No, but do I think that there's someone out there with a fire and a passion that can be the next talented frontman as a star child?" Absolutely. Yeah. There's someone that can do the Star Child in the future. So he's even said that once he steps away from the stage, he's still going to be a part of Kiss, but in direction. And they talked right. about music. They asked him about that. They were like, what about music? And he goes, I don't foresee it. I foresee them take continuing the legacy of what Kiss was. Well, where are they like, going to play though? My question is the best uh, I at can Myrtle see them Beach at that little tribute hall <laughs> about maybe five miles from the ocean. No, you know which one no, I'm talking no, about? No, well, no, seriously they're though, open for Foreigner on a fucking shed. There tour. are there is there is at least at least one touring 
successfully touring British Pink Floyd cover band. Brit Floyd. Brit Floyd. And they sell out places like ovens, 3,500-seat arenas or or auditoriums, theaters or whatever. I'm thinking that would be the absolute best that this second kiss, if they do that, could hope for. They would have to... It would, it would, it's a niche thing, but they'd have to be able to sell and plug into that niche market and, and be able to, you know, do that. They would have to update their show every year. It'd have to be something different. They'd have to, you know, tap into the old school classic Kiss catalog because that's what's going to make it work. It'd be interesting if they actually, because you know how all these TV shows and movies are getting reboots. I wonder if they t- treated it as like Kiss rebooted. And like for the first tour, they only played stuff off like the first two to three records. Well, and then like as that band progresses, they allow more and more into the discography. What if they got somebody kind of sort of remotely popular to fill that role? You know, just to somebody with a built-in audience, even if it's kind of small and makes sense with the fan base. I think that breaks the illusion if they're wearing the makeup. So, for instance, Mm. if they were to create a new Frankenstein movie, I'd want them to find an unknown. Because I wouldn't want to see through the makeup and know that just a guy sitting there going is a popular actor. Just find someone with a good facial fo- bone structure to play the new Frankenstein's monster. Well, it's interesting, you know. But here thing. you go. It's like they've never redid the classic Universal Frankenstein. Never, not in any really hard, you know, serious, no. substantial way. Why have they not? I mean, we're talking about something that's it's what 90 years old now 90 years and they still haven't been able to upgrade on boris karloff do we really and and nor should you probably i think that they there's even a probably a conscious thought i'm sure they the 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 powers that be at universal have gone time to oh we we could reboot you know and then somebody stops and goes you can't that's classic you don't touch it you know, maybe that's the attitude that they should take with Kiss, but they haven't. They've already tampered with it too much. So, well, you got Kiss Mini Golf at least. You've and see, got, and wait, 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 even more. You've got Mini Kiss. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, mean, so, I, mean, I know that's not an official thing. Yeah, but, but it still, exists. It does. And we'll see. And, and here's the interesting thing, which is, and it's kind of this might wrap into our overarching question we've kind of had since the 70s episodes which was who was the better manager bill a coin or um dot mcgee and also now were was kiss right all along because think about it they're possibly at the end of the road they're talking about getting what we'll just call a kiss 2.0 even though apparently the band shudders at that name we'll just use that they've got full-on permanent features in places like Las Vegas, whether it be the mini golf, and now right next to the mini golf, Gene has moved because they personal lives. Gene's moved out of the house that was used for family jewels, so his whole collection section had to go somewhere. He's now opened up a museum with all of that stuff in it where you can pay a fee, walk around, look at all his personal Kiss collection stuff. They Is have, that open already? It's open already. And that's in Las Vegas? Yeah. It's near the mini golf thing. Hmm. 
honestly, I, that, I, that, I, do that be, I do enjoy a good round of putt putt. <laughs> <laughs> and see, and that is one of those really cool things because you know he's got the original. That's the old way shit. they should have done this anyway. So, was Kiss right all the way back in the 70s? This is a Kiss world. We're slowly going to get to the point where Kiss is no longer the band. Kiss is a brand. Right. He, they will franchise the idea of the Kiss band. There will be an East Coast Kiss. There will be a West Coast Kiss. There will be an Australian Kiss. I can see that. There because will be who Kiss doesn't want to play in Kiss. But, but here's the thing: I don't, and I don't necessarily have a problem with these. It, 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 all these concepts work for me only because it's not selling itself as Kiss. It's selling itself as an idealized you know what you kiss world kiss world thing and I also don't sorry mind, to pile on top of all it. of it really exists as a tribute to that original band which I'm fine with especially if it you know particularly if it's done really well the quality control is what you've really got to watch out for in another situation just talking about it being a kiss world and it just being the new kiss brand like it or not those cruises really work for the kiss brand mm-hmm. like the style well, of kiss yeah but so it's a niche it's, it, so it would still be successful after they quit playing sure. it. all of a sudden now it's like do we go on a carnival cruise or do we go on a kiss cruise right so well, now i don't think they could do a year-round I, once a year still once a year but, but yeah the, but still do, do we when we do our vacation what that's a very cruise, niche thing though that is very niche it's, it's still that's, successful i know it's but still it, a successful niche. that's it is a successful niche but that's not something you build a, a market off of it's it is part it? that would that would factor into a grander scope of kiss world and that's you've what i'm saying and now you've also got something else that's successful and only because it's successful do i say they're opening five more locations Rock and Brews that yeah. Gene and Paul have a heavy hand in the um, financials of that's that. That's in Dallas, oh, right? And the, and I'm sure continue- they don't have a heavy hand in the actual operations of in it. In the financials well, of it. They, they're invested in yeah. it. Yeah. And they're using their name. And Paul loves and his money. In fact, I would bet it's less. Food, right? I don't know if it's so much an investment. Is it? I don't know. Is they, they're invested in that or is that a licensing thing? They, they're at the head of it. I mean, and I've never been to one, but is that a Kiss themed restaurant? No. No. That's what I'm saying. I'm going back to Kiss. Well, but what I'm saying though is that it's, 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 uh, it's an easy gateway into right. Kiss, though. So I just feel like the Kiss is going to be a new brand instead of it being associated with a band. Well, that's what they've always wanted. Yeah, and that's why I was saying I feel like all the way back then that they're going to get what they wanted. This Kiss World. We go on vacation. Let's play putt putt. Do you want to do the uh, pirate one? Do you want to do the spaceship one, or you want to do the Kiss one? You know, we're going on a cruise. You want to do a traditional one or you do a kiss one? Yeah. We're well, going out to eat. I mean, you want to go to Applebee's wait, wait. or you want to go to Rock and Brews? That's what I'm getting at. It's this weird thing where, like, God. all of a sudden, all of the options in your life think, could be a kiss related uh, yeah, option. I, that's, that sounds great to say, but I really have a hard it time. Does it? <laughs> well, well, I'm saying for them, I'm listening. What I'm, my point is, is what you're saying essentially is Walt Disney. Yeah, I don't see Kiss. Coca-Cola. I don't see Kiss ever having the market, uh, the market share of a Disney, or even the market. Uh, what musician really does? That's what I'm but saying. They would out of any I, band. Th- no, because uh, there's nothing. The thing that always I always bristle at is people will talk about Kiss's, uh, you know, 
marketing themselves so heavily, you know, all the all the swag and everything. And really, Kiss doesn't do anything that the Beatles didn't do. They just had a closer hand on it because the you know there were a lot of people selling Beatles unlicensed. There was no licensing back then. No one knew that was uncharted territory back then. But the Beatles, there's nothing Kiss had that the Beatles didn't have, save a pinball machine. And you know, and now you see all these other bands. They're doing the same thing. You can still, you can guess what? You Led Zeppelin nerds that want to hate on Kiss, you could buy a Jimmy Page fucking action figure, dude. Yep. You know, you can buy a, a fucking Led Zeppelin shower curtain. This is all stuff that has become very commonplace now. But to have that same high profile visibility. Where you've, you know, and that, I know that's Gene's kind of fantasy is to be on on par with Disney or Coca Cola or whatever branding. But Disney is what I'm thinking of because Disney is so, um, so much more oriented on the same kind of level as far as having toys and what have you. Mm-hmm. I don't see them ever having that. I think they can create a niche market that would be something that they could brand worldwide in certain cities. I think that a Kiss tribute band, an official tribute band, a Kiss Point Two O, whatever you want to call it, Two Point O, whatever the fuck, that might do marginally well because people are going to miss it and want to see it. For the same reason that Kiss tribute bands in the early '90s, when they weren't doing the makeup thing, these bands satiated that that desire. Yeah, I, but to not, you know, they wouldn't be able to do really even the full staging of a classic Kiss show outside of an arena because. Doing this, that type of a show in the theater has to be scaled down just for uh, local ordinances alone. I mean, you know, you're not going to be able to see that full scale bombastic Kiss show. You can't set fireworks off in those places anymore. And I anymore. don't think that a Kiss tribute band, and that's essentially what we're talking about here, is an official tribute band is going to ever be able to headline arenas. No. Now, I have been proven wrong. I'm being proven wrong by the fact that Kiss still exists at all in the way they do, playing <laughs> the way they do, being as bad as they are, and they're doing great. So who knows? Maybe they could pull it off. In another five or ten years, it's Tommy Thayer, Eric Singer, and two new guys. I think it would just be a brand new slate. I just I'm wondering about that, too. I just don't see that being successful on a level where they could go tour anywhere. I mean, at the very, very best that you could hope for, and I've never seen it before, is him as is, is, is their Kiss 2.0 as an opening act for another more established band. But have you ever seen a tribute band open for a more established band? No. It just, you know. But you I know just, what? The tides may change. It may be one of those like weird TikTok right? stars that, you know, you go never, on a big tour and they're like, hey, let's get a Kiss tribute band to and, open for and us. And if there's one thing that Kiss has always enjoyed doing is proving people wrong. So who knows? I'm just saying, I don't think I would care for it. I don't, you know, I don't mind the tribute band. I wouldn't mind, you know, seeing a good tribute band. I, I I haven't felt the desire to go see one in, in, since I saw Strutter, which mm-hmm. is a Kiss tribute band. That was fun in its context, and it was fun at the time. But I, you know, if they were mm-hmm. to come around today, I don't care. Yeah. Um, but then again, if Kiss comes around today, I don't care. Although I have to be honest, at this point, uh, if I had the ability and the means, would I go see their final show? The final, final, the final, final show. That there's this is it. They're saying this is it. This is the final show. We're playing a final show. It's 
you know, at Shea, or not Shea Stadium anymore, that's torn down, but, you know, Yankee Stadium in New York or at Central Park or... Somewhere with a major capacity. Yeah, you know, we're, you know do I want to... Do I want to expend the time, money, and energy to go say, well, I saw the last ever Kiss show just because of my own latent Kiss nerddom from when I loved them so much? I can't say I would. I can't say. I can't say that I wouldn't. And that's what's really disturbing to me. It's like, I can't make There's a, a part of you that would part possibly, of me that would, that still, would at least look as at the As much tickets. as I shit on them as they are now, it's like... You know, I mean, it's just like because it's such an ingrained part of my life that I grew up with that, you know, do I want to tap into even just that little shred of what's left to, to see it off, you know, to say I was there. I was part of that. The, you know, my my thought process on that, because I could I kind of put myself in that moment. I would immediately look at how much tickets were kind of debate with myself on how to make it work. But then the creeping suspicion rolls in. Okay, this is their last show, New York City. But a couple years ago, they just toured, you know, Australia, and less than a year later, they said they're coming back. I would be so worried this wouldn't be the final show. You know what? You you can't trust these bands either. You know where I would definitely make up my. If if I had been lucky enough, because I saw their show on the next to the last ever show with the four original band. Full, full full original members that next night in charleston if i had been at that show i'd be, I, I would be totally at peace with this yeah. i saw the last ever kiss show because yeah. that was the last ever kiss show we talked about that yeah mm-hmm. now every people can argue i don't care you can argue to you blue in the face <laughs> no that show october 7th or whatever it was whatever 2001 it was. That was the last ever Kiss show. There has not been another Kiss show since. There has been the variables. There has been the you know the well, Kiss like world, <laughs> your lowercase Kiss that we uh, joke about. But and honestly, if I had seen that show, then I wouldn't even be sitting here to going, "Oh, sure." If I had seen that show, I'd be like, "I'm good with it." And and you know what? And for me, that Motley Crue Kiss show was such a letdown. But then on the Kiss cruise, I kind of went in with my expectations. And enjoyed myself. Like I, I took, I sloughed away the you know nose turn up and you know all that stuff, and just let myself in the moment and enjoyed it. So you know what, I had a good memory seeing Kiss two nights in a row in a really small room that you could tell Gene and Paul could see your row. That well, kind that, of situation. That, that and I'm just like, environment probably added to that. That's probably what made it. You know, I, I could, I could like, see myself maybe even trying they to enjoy crazy. That. It wasn't a fantastic performance, but exactly what you said, the vibe, the element, how small it was. And for the fact that, yeah, they genuinely could see everyone in the room, it made it something a little different. So I kind of don't want to taint that because at first, my first kiss memory was not a positive My last kiss memory on the cruise, seeing them two nights in a row was mm-hmm. a positive I maybe just kind of want to leave it with that. Yeah. So which we do we think though? Who was the uh, better manager? Was it Bill Coin or was it it's, Doc McGee? I think it's two totally different things. Like a coin was good at getting them through the door, and Doc McGee succeeded in keeping them. I, I at would the say party or reintroducing them to the party. I, I think I think 
bill of coin and, and and not just because i'm a fan of the original band and everything but i'm looking at some of the blenders that have been pulled since they've had doc mcgee up to which we talked about the the, the whole debacle with the pay-per-view and all the tie-ins and stuff it seems like they're 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 i don't know i just i've not ever been impressed with anything that he's done for them i look at a lot of their ideas going you know you're zigging instead of zagging stuff that seems obvious they they go the opposite direction um i mean i have respect for him because what he's doing is obviously working you know they're still well, again, I still thing. can't help but appreciate the irony that the, their manager is a guy that got fam- got involved in management by being a drug dealer. Well, his first uh, that client. Was, that was his deal. That was how he mm-hmm. got involved. I'm your drug dealer. Oh, and now I'll be your manager. And Mot- he, for what? Motley Crue, Bon Jovi. And well, before that, was, I think bands. it was Pat Travers. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, but I'd just say, I mean, he's a convicted fucking drug dealer, right? I mean, it's just. You know, this just, it's only in Kiss, you know. It's not only in Kiss, but only in rock but and roll, Guys I guess. like that, too, are just kind of like dip, their but own I, beasts, aren't they? Like, I watched that Eagles doc where they talk about Irving Azoff mm-hmm. and how they got uh, pulled over, it, or they, they were flying into an, a private island or something like that, and uh, cuss, they were uh, going through yeah. customs and were holding. Right. And then they all thought they were going to get busted or thrown in jail and stuff like that, but uh, Irving them, Azoff yeah. goes in and bails them out, and they're yeah. like, uh, I don't know what he life. said. <laughs> I don't know what he said, but it worked. He may be Satan, but he's our Satan, yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> well, I mean, and I'm sure that's true for Doc McGee, but I'm just saying some of the stuff that they do just left me scratching my head. I don't think that he's steered them to any greater success. I think, again, it goes back to the power of their own inertia. They're so they they're they're to a point where they they know they can enjoy a certain sizable amount of success, um, but again. Unless they're, which we saw, you know, we've outlined. Unless they were partnered with a larger act, their 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 attendance numbers haven't been great. Unless they've used some sort of, you know, this end of the road thing. That's been a big plus for drawing people. It obviously worked. Yeah. And honestly, my answer to that is, I think now I'm a little bit biased mainly because through my musical education, I've not done a lot of research in managers with different bands and how different managers may have steered the directions of, you know, artists and, you know, boosted their success outside of kiss. So really I only have kiss as a reference point to use as a lot of background for managerial direction in a band like that. So when I look at, Dot McGee versus Bill Coin. I feel like they were both very good managers for the time for different situations. And the reason for that, Bill Coin was an excellent ideas manager. I was going to say, Bill was a better creative manager. He was not good with money. He wasn't the good business manager. Yeah. But, they had, but, but now, they had Carl Glickman and... Well, even Howard then, Marks. they were kind of shady, and no, they didn't. I don't think so. I think they just they the band themselves wouldn't listen. We yeah. thought, you know, they yeah, were yeah, yeah. they were told a, a thousand different ways, a thousand different times. Hey, you need to cut the spending here. You need to pull back. This isn't a you know this isn't a a financially viable process here. And the band was like, nope. Well, we're going to make it bigger. We're going to spend more money. You know? Yeah. So Bill was a great ideas guy, and now you have to think about as we outlined throughout the eighties and nineties how they were in financial dire straits. I mean, they were already doing those semi-auctions, kind of selling mm-hmm. some shit on the back mm-hmm. end. And they were doing this convention because they couldn't sell out stadiums and tours. 
So they needed a manager that was money facing, that was really focused on the financials. And I don't know a lot of Dot McGee's history, but he seems to have proven himself through his time with Kiss. He knew how to market the band in such a way to get them the biggest payday. And the reason I even say that to this day is if you look at the people that get the meet and greet packages for the Kiss shows, they're not us. They're bankers. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, they have money. They've promoted themselves to a different demographic. And Doc knows all those kind of people. So instead of being so front-focused on us fans that might scrape up $20 to $50 to buy a box set or a CD, they're focused on the people that want the nostalgia trip that weren't major rock Mm -hmm. and roll fans that are like, oh, yeah, we'll go see that Kiss band. And they've got the cash, so they get the meet and greet because they they turn it into a business expense. You don't know. I've seen in the message boards people talk about – Companies would buy kiss meet and greet packages as bonuses for the group. Mm -hmm. So they were literally targeting banking people and people with a lot of money for these tours. So I think that Bill was a great ideas guy to get them into the zeitgeist where McGee just knows those ins and outs of people with money and will promote to those people to keep the ship afloat. Well, it's all Ringling Brothers at the end of the day, right? There's yep. a sucker and, born and, every, every minute. And you know what? Mm-hmm. And I think Doc echoes that, where he's just like, fuck it. Go, go see the Kiss show. Yeah. Well. We're the hottest show on earth, right? Ringling Brothers, baby. Yeah. Well, Bring them in. I guess. It, it's, I mean, it's brought us to where we're at. Is it right or wrong? I'm not talking uh, no, on that. I'm, I know. Yeah. I agree. Just I, differently I from it's the just, business it's aspect. From a, it works. And he, and I mean, well, that's him. what I'm saying. It works, but... He's you been know, with them 30 years. I don't think, but what is, when, what is the last really substantial thing that Kiss ever did? Barring the reunion. I'm just saying, as a band, what was the last time they released something where it was like an oh fuck moment, where you were just like, this is fucking great? I have the answer. Huh? Those new box sets that have been coming out. The Destroyer 45 edition, the new Creature set looks really cool. All of these old collections where they're digging old in. Old collections. And right. The I'm soundboard saying, I'm, tapes I'm, I'm, that I'm, just came Yeah, I, off I, the I soundboard I'm not releases. talking about reissues, though. Well, let's go okay. back to just as new product, as new a product. new okay. stuff. As, as this, is where, this is where they're at in their point in history where you, it was an oh fuck moment. I don't think. The M&M's. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I don't. I just don't. You know, and and I I don't mean this to sound. This is gonna sound really condescending, and I don't mean it the way it does. I don't think either one of you guys lived through one of those moments. Oh, an oh fuck moment. Yeah. You know, I mean, a, what a, what y'all would consider an oh fuck moment would probably be very, very, very different from for me. Like for Kiss, again, I started getting into in the early two thousands, and like the first, yeah. There were already 50 at this point. The reunion was just, it just ended. Like, I missed out on Ace and Peter completely, completely, mm-hmm. really, when I was really getting into them. And all I had to go by were like the live albums. And the, cur- and the current thing at the time was that Kiss Symphony thing. And even then, it was still just, you know, different from what, you know, gets you into them. I don't think I lived through any positive oh fuck moments. <laughs> My real oh fuck moment was when Gene Simmons appears on the new guy movie as the preacher. <laughs> well, see, I remember the oh fuck moments of like the Kiss Online photo of Eric Singer 
or watching that Dick Clark's American Bandstand anniversary right. show and seeing Tommy. Right. So I remember those oh fuck moments. Well, I meant I meant where you were I like know, re- in a positive way. No, honestly, the only positive oh fuck moments I can really think of, even over since I've been a fan, have been over the last few years, and it's either been reissue related or something not related to the band, like those really cool old videos that you know have gotten released. Mm. Those were like oh fuck moments because yeah, yeah. it's like cool little right. pieces of the archive that's coming out. Right. It's nothing the current band is doing though. Any cool oh fuck comes out of a reissue or some new footage that gets released. I think that's very telling that at the end of the day where even the Kiss Army, the fans are when when they had all those video leaks this year. Yeah. It, it was all classic old school stuff. Anything that came out from like 19, like, oh, here's a new Asylum thing. Oh, okay. That's cool. Well, here's we, a new we thing. We didn't know that existed. Here's, here's some left, oh, look at this footage from 1975. Oh, fuck! They just like, released and You can barely it, see you know? it and it jumps every two seconds. Oh my God, I want to See and it, again, it, it just again. goes back to prove my point that it's all about the original band. 80s Kiss doesn't matter. 90s Kiss doesn't matter. None of the anything post, the, you know, even the reunion tour, that only existed in its moment and they shouldn't have gone past that. But uh, on retrospect, after we've done now 40 episodes and we've looked at their entire history, probably, uh, you know, probably not to as great of degree as we've we've been told by some of our listeners, <laughs> which is fine. But uh, just for yourselves, now that you've reexamined the entire catalog, is there any things that, that you've changed your mind about, like something that you liked prior, you realized maybe you didn't like as much as before, or vice versa, something that you didn't like so much before that you've gone, well, you know, that's way better than I remember it being. We'll start with Cap. Psycho Circus is probably the worst kissed out uh, kiss album That's, for me. Really, okay. I didn't realize I was. I've never done like a, a full on you know uh, listen. I think I listened to it all the way through like once before we did the revisit and putting it back to back with all of the '80s releases and the uh, '2000s releases. It's just like none of it just holds up at all. And there's just it's that thing where it's just like there's just nothing genuine about this, and it's just. I hated it so much. That was kind of like the big one of the big takeaways from like from the catalog. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize I would dislike that one more than the '80s. And some of the '80s ones I've come around on. Like I still catch myself singing "King of the Mountain" yeah. a lot, just cause. Mm-hmm. So that's uh. So it was Asylum was the one that probably stuck out for. I think Asylum. Yeah, if I had to pick like an '80s yeah. Kiss record. Well, any record. I'm just saying something that you re-examined, that you reconnected with or discovered that you... Hot in the Shade is kind of one of those, too, where I listening to it again for the first time in a while was one of those where it's just like, with the context and everything, kind of made it more interesting, but also just kind of, you know, as meh as the album is, like getting the context of everything kind of added to the experiences. Hmm. Uh, For me... Honestly, I liked having my Eureka moment when we were talking about um, Double Platinum, and I realized that the drum intro was slightly different because there wasn't a cymbal crash, and then mm-hmm. when you go back and listen to the rock and roll over, it's almost like Which, a... And the song... It sounds like a weird cut on the cymbal crash. the song... Um, Dr. Love. I thought I thought I said Dr. Love. You said Double Platinum. Oh, okay. Either way, so I, I like my little Eureka moment for Double Platinum, Dr. Love, drum intro. Something that I wound up having a new appreciation for wound up being, uh, I think I talked about this on my, like, briefly, but um, I really like uh, I, the, the song name immediately escaped me. That's why I was buffering. <laughs> Nowhere to Run. I think oh. I, 
I, I, I don't <laughs> hate that one either. I, I, don't, I wound but, up getting a new. Fair. I wound right. up getting a new appreciation for that song. There's, I honestly, like, the more I've listened to it, and I think the reason why I like it is I've really, and I talked about this on the show too. My favorite of the solo albums is Paul's solo album. Mm-hmm. This song to me sounds like a continuation of what could have been on his record. It had a similar kind of chord progression, vocal melody, and honestly, it's a good vocal from Paul. So through all this, I just realized I'd always kind of skipped over that song. So now I've become that fan you hate, Russ. I, I now <laughs> now through the show, you've you've created a new defender of nowhere to run. <laughs> uh, kind of a sleeper choice for me that I really liked was Peter's, like the part of the Peter's solo record. record. Yeah. record. It's better than people give it credit for, it but you've got to look at it from a different point of view. Like we said, you're, if you're coming into it from kind of that rock perspective, I'm surprised that, and we, we talked about this in the past, that the so-called yacht rock audience hasn't figured out that that album exists. It's like a lost mm-hmm. little jewel in that crown, I guess. <laughs> a lot of the same session players play on it that are on all that classic yacht rock stuff. But It also just reaffirmed my total disdain for lick it up animalize an asylum to me just that entire era i can't like like even creatures of the night when we went through that episode there's at least a couple i can pick through and be like this isn't good but in comparison to the previous three records i would pick these songs these this batch of songs over the other one they just did a re-release for that album well, the, the box weekend. set yeah, yeah. creatures Creatures, oh, oh, the yeah, box, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it seems like it's a mishmash. It's got a lot of lick it up stuff demos on. Yeah, it. well, they hmm. kind of had to play that era weird because there's some lick it up demos. There's also some killers demos, yeah. and it was all because all of that era was so closely mismatched. Yeah, I guess, but and and controversial take. If I had to pick an '80s Kiss record, Crazy Nights. Okay, there, there's some fun power pop on there. Very Ron Nevisony. I think um, I think Sonic Boom proved to be the 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 lowest, really? worst of all Kiss records, and right neck and neck is hot in the shade for me. Um, I think the album that I found myself reconnecting with surprisingly it was Lick It Up. Um, there are things on it that I really don't like. I think it's got the absolute worst Kiss song on it, which was "Give Me More." Are you cool and the breeze? I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that song. Um, I, I don't really care for eight or for Vinny's style of playing, even though I understand what the idea was behind it. And same with Bruce Kulick and all through that '80s stuff. Um, and I have always felt that if they stayed true and stayed in a straight line crazy nights was probably the most true kiss type record of the 80s yeah i can see that more in lineage to the unmasked and dynasty than i do anything else they did yeah because i also uh, it was before we started the show but i have like this weird love for unmasked the production the song i like the production so yeah i i find a funny you kind of connected those dots because i've kind of thought that but at the same time kiss nerds like drawing weird connections so yeah yeah, i'd agree but i you know i i realized while we did this show you know i and i forget there was an episode where i think he even made a comment about it where i was like maybe we're not kiss nerds maybe we're not maybe i'm not a kiss fan after all (laughs) i think that was the alive 35 episode and and i but i've realized that it's like there is a point where it was just like it just stops being anything special or interesting to me 
I don't see them in the same light as I did when I was young. And yeah. I think, you know, I was able to, I had that, I was, had the good fortune of having a couple of years, the tail end of that, you know, watching that comet streak across the sky. And, you know, it's like, did you see Haley's comet? No. Well, guess what? You're <laughs> no, not gonna. I, I it's saw Haley's comet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just opened the door to that. Yes, yeah, you did. But uh, you understand what I'm saying? It's like yeah. it's like you know. It's like well, well, what was it like? You know. Um, I don't think there's been a, a I, musical act that's been like that for like my, really my lifetime. I mean, I think there's the Beatles. Uh, you know. Um, I just I feel like um, you know I, I come away with this kind of feeling a little bit disappointed. <laughs> you know, I, I've given a lot of energy and effort into something that I realized that I only like a, a, a period of time from. Um, and I, but I had hoped as we went through this that I would discover something that I didn't know or had previously overlooked or somehow didn't have the the open-mindedness to appreciate, you know, I was really hoping I was going to find, like, I had never listened to Hot in the Shade before. Right. And I was like, that was the one I think I was most hoping. I'm like, man, maybe, this, maybe there'll be something on here, you know? I felt like that was revenge. You know, I thought maybe, I thought maybe that was revenge. And I, I just, it's just so, it's not good. <laughs> and, and, you know. This podcast has made me fucking hate kids. Well, no, I hate them, but I just, you know, it just it just reaffirmed what I already kind of already knew, and I didn't go into it that way, and I know a lot of people might dis- disagree with that sentiment, but I honestly thought maybe exploring all these other eras of Kiss that I would find something or rediscover something that I had missed. I don't think I have. I think, I, I think if anything, it really just reinforced that love I have for the original lineup for that original time. And I really don't have time or energy or interest into exploring this, you know, any of this other stuff now. And I, again, and that leaves me in that weird spot. Would I pay money to go see them play that final show? You know, the part that loves that era that wants to, touch that last spot wants to do that but there's but the other part of me rest has to go but that's not what's happening and that's not what's happening and plus i'm consciously aware that they aren't that's not the band and they're even if they play marginally good it's still not great it's not going to be the great experience that i want it to be and i know i'll walk away feeling pretty anticlimactic so i'll probably avoid it but that's just me i'm just one opinion and yep. everyone else's mileage may vary <laughs> but such as it is in the world of kiss and this has been quite a little ride hasn't it, it absolutely has. it's been a blast it's been uh interesting to hear y'all's perspectives from a different coming from different eras and mm-hmm. different outlooks how has our uh, experience shaped your opinion of kiss uh, that you're getting the feedback from a different generation. I don't know that. I don't know. I, I, I would, it would be something I probably won't think on until later. I don't like to go back and listen to these shows when we do them because mm. I, I hate the I, sound I, I of really my own voice. I really don't either. I, I, you know, once they're done, I'm sure that in another couple of years, I might get curious and go back and listen to this. I know that each one of y'all have made valid points that I had not considered. I can't pick pinpoint any individual thing, but I, I know there have been times where I was like, you know, I never thought of that, but that's a really good point. Um, and one of the things, and to toss that right back to you, the way you will timeline things and put certain things in perspective also kind of helps contextualize things that maybe they don't directly say. That kind of helps read between the lines and kind of explain 
maybe their methodology and the reasons for doing things. So I would say you even bring a lot. To, you brought a lot to the table in educating me on stuff that I already knew, but putting it in order to make sense. Right. If that makes because it's like you know during seventy seven seventy eight we knew there was a lot of merchandising and weird stuff going on in the back end, but timelining everything makes it be like oh so that happened. Therefore, this happened. So this reaction was this, and it just made it a lot more cohesive. I've been kind of doing this podcast made me kind of get curious about uh, watching content with like uh, bands that have longevity and uh, what it took to keep the longevity. Like Aerosmith, for for example, they mm -hmm. have a whole everything about them was documented and stuff like that, and that's all over YouTube. So that's kind of what this podcast has done for me with my interest in other bands that have uh, stuck around. Uh, Longer than they should, but Steven Tyler can still sing, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. That's just, that's a, that's a hard thing to watch to see Paul Stanley's voice go and him so stubbornly just, you know, kind of almost uh, stoically soldier on through it. Yeah. And Makes jokes about it, claims he doesn't do it. You're talking about the lips. It doesn't matter if he's lip syncing. If he's lip syncing to his own voice, it's a bad vocal track to begin with. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. It's bad. And he's just doubled down and on bad otherwise. I mean, it's just, I'm sorry. It's the same thing that we said. That's like, I love Peter Chris. I think Peter Chris was the Kiss drummer. I think that when, you know, I have this idea that it's like when when the Ramones placed, replaced uh, Tommy Ramone it completely changed their sound because the drummer they brought in which was Marky played a much heavier handed style mm -hmm. you know that light that lighter style then it's just something that you know and like Mark Tommy did certain things in fills he didn't use fills but he was doing stuff that if you're not paying attention to it you'll never notice it but when you notice how he just going from a closed hi-hat to an open hi-hat Without going to a ride, I mean little things like that 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 Marky doesn't do. He it's played like in dust the, before, the right? Well, and, but Marky is a great drummer. Yeah. And when you say that, it's like people go, "Oh, you think he's a shitty drummer?" I don't think Eric Eric Carr was a shitty drummer at all. I just don't think he was a good Kiss drummer. I don't think anybody's a good Kiss drummer. There's only one good Kiss drummer, Peter Chris, or There's someone only that one plays good Kiss guitarist. I mean, it is what it is, you know. It, it, the, the, the best comment was that I could think of was uh, about the Who. Kenny Jones, who was the replacement for Keith Moon, said, "And this is in the last ten years. It's in a documentary they put out. And he was like, there is no good drummer for the Who except for Keith, and you can't get him. And that's the guy that replaced him. And he's like, he that's played the guy enough. who played in the Who, and he's saying there's no good drummer for the Who except for Keith Moon." And, you know, that takes a lot of, uh, uh, I forget what the word is, uh, altruism, I guess, you know, to, to, to openly concede that. I did see an interview with uh, Eric Singer before we talked about uh, taking on the role of uh, the drummer and kids going like, I don't play like Peter Chris. Yeah, he doesn't, and he shouldn't. But yeah. I'm just saying, but for, for me, as a fan, as the guy that wants to go see that, you know, I would, I wanted a particular... You know, I, that's the band I love. That band. It was that chemistry. It was those four guys. That's the band I loved. Yep. You know, and I'm sorry, all you Kiss nerds that love all the rest of it and say it's the same thing and all that. Fuck you. Bullshit. It is not the same thing. 
You know? All right, calm down, Paul Stanley. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Imagine if, like, if Ringo Starr had quit the the Beatles in 1968 and or 67 or whatever, and they got John Bonham before, yeah. you, you know, it'd be a different vibe. You it know? Would, would not be at all wouldn't the same. The Beatles. It just wouldn't be the same. I and agree. that's that's where I'm at with that. But we've talked about that ad nauseum on this show, and I'm just closing it with the same old shit. But hey, that, it's been an awesome ride with yes. no time to turn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to, you know, preach, but I guess we run the show pretty long here. But I guess it's we, a final episode. It was a final it episode. Be a long, yeah. I just want to say for everyone that listened, that kept up with it, and and it's it's been shocking to me. And that's not I don't say that flippantly. It literally has surprised me just how how far reaching this thing has proven to be i've gotten uh I've, I've, I've people in australia uh a guy named mark in australia so hello to you there's a, a guy down in i think mississippi alabama dennis we've talked about him on the show before um yeah and always uh, comments on the facebook page you know the awesome ratings through the itunes and everything you know we really appreciate you guys there's a lot i mean we can't name everybody by name but thanks for commenting and everything and putting in your two cents on everything we put out too i've honestly thought we would be lucky if we had like 15 20 people listening to this on the regular and some of the shows, I guess, are have been as many as what two two hundred. Yeah, uh, it's weird to talk numbers, but yeah, at the very end of um, last time I checked, yeah, there was like about maybe seven or eight episodes that had crossed the two hundred mark and yeah, were well on their way uh, to three. There's probably some out there going oh, two hundred. That's nothing. That isn't maybe nothing to you, but for for us who just are sitting here on a Sunday afternoon <laughs> thinking there was we might could get fifteen of our friends to listen I to know. us, <laughs> it's pretty fucking insane. Yeah, you know we're, not, we're gracious for every single person. So yeah, two hundred listens on a show, fuck yeah, that's awesome. I I, I did not achieve my my uh, hope that I would get like shit talked on the Kiss FAQ board. <laughs> no, they loved I, us there. I wanted I wanted so badly for someone to be like fuck those guys. No, it'll happen like ten years later. And it's like did yeah. y'all hear about this fucking I'm, bullshit? I will say I honestly was expecting it on our Sonic Boom episode because that's the worst we had ever been attitude wise. Sonic Boom. Well, hey, that album <laughs> that sucks. But I was expecting some words on that. But no, we didn't hear see anything. But for real, thank you to everyone that listened to this. Um, I told myself I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm kidding. Because um, it's not technically the full end. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. But we have gotten a surprising amount of feedback asking us to continue. Uh, what are you going to do when you reach the end? Well, we're working on that. And so uh, kind of maybe keep your eyes and ears open. Because we may return with something different. It would not necessarily be kiss related, but uh, you know, there'll be we, some kissisms here. There'll always It'll be, be kissisms. That's what kind of brought us together to begin with. Yeah, it was, uh, it was on the something good for you yep. podcast, and y'all had me on twice, and both times we ended up spending sizable amount of those episodes talking about kiss there is a a a a lost episode of no time to turn that isn't no time to turn it is a something is it something good for you where you talk about the chris kiss cruise yeah 
Well, no, that's was, not a lost episode. That no, that's what I'm saying. Okay, though. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's it's it yeah, was yeah. It's it was a found it was a it was a it was I'm just saying extra episode. It's, it's a bonus. It's an Easter egg bonus episode. <laughs> yeah. If you go look at the archives, you'll find there is an episode where we talk at length about Alex's experience on the Kiss Cruise. Well, see, when you said lost episode to peel back the curtain, some we recorded the first episode like two to three times. So that's what Did I thought we? you. Were, we recorded it like once or twice, and you're like, I want to do it again. I don't remember that. Yeah. So that's why I thought you were talking about like I didn't, one of those I don't, I don't remember ones. doing that. You I made me delete it. I did? Yeah. I You're like, no, 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 delete those. I want to do it again. I, I vaguely recall this. <laughs> so I don't have, but that surprised me. That's the only time we would have done that, though. Uh-huh. Because I remember also just going like, Russ, it's good. Let's just release it. We need to get episodes out. We need to keep going. Yeah. Well, here we are, 18 months, 40 shows. That's right. It was a good run, y'all. Yeah, yeah, I feel more professional. <laughs> there was so, a time where I forgot to listen to an album. <laughs> <laughs> I got my schedules wrong. It was the Carnival of Souls. Did you listen to it? I did. No, oh. but it was like we had to postpone it because I forgot oh, that it was oh, like the oh, day oh, yeah, of. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to listen to that. God, I forgot about that record already. Yeah, <laughs> same. <laughs> Jesus, that was that was a bad one, too. <laughs> well, I can't, you know, I, anyone that sat through that, you know. I did it the record or our episode both <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bravo to you I, we'll see where we go we might we, we were in we were talking and planning on something new and hopefully it'll be special and enjoyable so we'll see what happens when that time comes but a few months give the holidays some chance to breathe everything else well with this this has been no time to turn I'm Russ so for Cap and Alex we say thank you Thank you very much. And good night. Good night! Thank you for listening. Please insert another coin by supporting the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash somethinggoodnetwork.